This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Pre-recorded from Joe's mom's basement. Welcome to another Greatest Hits Rewind episode of The Stacking Benjamin Show. Hey everyone, I'm Griffin the Intern, but when I'm at my jump rope competitions, everyone is yelling, Fintern, how are you so fast? If you've never seen speed jump roping, you're missing out. Not to brag, but I'm pretty good. But there's still this 10-year-old in my neighborhood that beats me every time. One day, Monika, one day. Anyways, let's get back to why we're here. When it comes to your work, finances, and life, is faster always better? If you've wondered that yourself, you're in luck because that's exactly what our roundtable is discussing today. They share when it's better to work fast and when to know it's time to slow down. This episode originally aired back in 2019, so ignore any mention of current events or giveaways. Joe, OG, and Doug are back on Monday with Mr. Financial Samurai, Sam Dogan. And as for me, I'll see you again in eight weeks. Enjoy Thin Turn Out. Hi, I'm David Stein. When I'm not talking to other people about money on Money for the Rest of Us, I'm stacking Benjamins. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today is National Bald is Beautiful Day. So take off that hairpiece, stackers, and let your beauty shine through. We all know bald is beautiful, but is speed beautiful? Or does going too fast create bigger problems with your money and career? On today's show, we'll feature a guest with a full head of hair, the co-founder of Women Who Money, Amy Blacklock. And from LenPenzo.com, here's a guest with another crazy hairstyle, Carrot Top. <laughs> that guy is, he's, oh, yeah, no, 
It's it's just Len Penzo. And finally, from this podcast, the guy who never takes his bag off, so who knows about his hair, it's OG. But that's not all. On our Friday FinTech segment, we'll regroup with the founder of money tracking app for couples from Zeta. It's Aditi Shakar. And now, a guy who never puts his toupee on straight, Joe Saul Seahide. And you know, it's a great toupee when it makes your all four hairs on my head are nearly perfect. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Friday on the show. I am Joe Saul Seahide, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And sitting across the card table from me again is the man with the bag over his head, Mr. OG. No bag, just a hat today. Well, well, and you do have, I will, spoiler alert everybody, I'll give people some intel here. You do have a nice little bald spot in the back of your head. Not true. Totally Fake true. news. Totally true. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no. You must be confusing me with someone else. You can't see the back of your head. That's why you don't think there is. Oh, I'm pretty certain there's not. Got to go back and look at a mirror, big guy. Hate <laughs> to tell okay. you, the aging process is at work, my friend. Doesn't work to me. But- nope. A guy who has a full head of uh, not much hair, deep under Los Angeles, it's Mr. Len Penzo. Yes, I have kept my head bald for many years now. It's been, uh, let's, let's see, what, how long has it been? 17, 18 years? When did you just... I was like OG. I was like OG. I had the bald spot going in the back there. and uh... Don't have that. <laughs> Nobody's like me. That's not a thing. <laughs> I think we found the soft spot, Len. We got to keep going. Spot. <laughs> we found the bald spot. Gotta Everybody's go, a comedian. Got to go in for more, right? And the woman, by the way, who has more hair than all three of us put together, and she is a uh, Plutus winner last year for her blog, Life Simplified, and now she's a Plutus, what, they don't call them nominees, they call them finalists, our good friend, Amy Blacklock. Hi, guys. And, and to be here. And I forgot to say that's for women who money, by the way. Oh, sorry. Yes. Women who money this year. Yes, absolutely. So tell everybody about Women Who Money. Women Who Money is a website designed for not just women, believe it or not, but uh, for all individuals looking to improve their personal finances. One thing we do there is we level the content. We have um, content for beginners, intermediate, and advanced learning topics, financial topics. So it's a little bit different than you'll see on some sites, but we cover a wide variety of topics in the personal finance space. Yeah. uh, I've been known to lurk on your site before not being part of the quote target audience, but it, but it really is, it really is uh, a great spot for men too. Thank you. Surprisingly about 40% of our uh, audience is men. Is it really? Which is is great. Yeah, it is. Now, how do you know that? Can you see the camera when we come in? Is that the deal? Are you spying on us as we get to the site? Okay. It might not be completely accurate since it's Google analytics, but (laughs) that's what it tells us. Well, that is, that's interesting. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. 
Insure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals and collaborate with your partner. And now because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30 day free trial. When you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad free privacy. You can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Well, we got a great topic today. We're going to talk about speed, a fantastic article out about speed with your financial life and your career. And uh, we've got Amy here, Len, we got OG. So let's get the party started. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Our piece today comes to us from the jsummers.net blog. Len, you ever been here before? No, I never have. But uh, you know what? I was an interesting blog. I even went to the about page and I checked out some of his other writings. So uh, very good, James. Yeah, very, I thought very interesting. I thought this was really neat. The piece is called, and we'll link to it on our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com for anybody who wants to follow along. Speed matters. Why working quickly is more important than it seems. Tell us just briefly then, Len, what is this piece about? Well, basically, he's trying to summarize the question about working quickly and is it something that's worth doing? And he comes to the conclusion that, yes, uh, working quickly is better because it actually allows you to once you start working quickly and then you get better with something over time, you can do things both quick and good. So, uh, you know, he had a lot of examples in there, but uh, that was, I guess, the gist of it. Amy, are you somebody who's always tried to work quickly? Yes, most of the time. But I am slow writer, honestly. Are you really? I am. I think because I suffer a little from imposter syndrome. Okay, that's a lie. I suffer a lot from imposter syndrome. So that tends to make me be a perfectionist or an overworker sometimes. So yeah, sometimes I'm slow at some things. But when I'm confident about a task, I go pretty quickly, go fast. Uh, oh, gee, you're a guy who works quickly. Just like kind of in short bursts of energy. Yeah. Like hammer stuff out and then don't think about it again. Yeah. And just to get the full pulse of our panel here, Len, you a guy who likes to work quickly? I do like to work quickly. Yes. But, you know, there's some things you can't do quickly. You, you know, you'd like to work quickly, but, you know, you've got to be careful. 
Well, and I want to ask about that, about quickly, first of all, the, the, the upside of working quickly. Amy, I think that I think that especially when it comes to things like setting up your financial future, like putting things on auto pay or fixing your 401k so that it's aligned more toward your goals or even doing your financial plan, whatever it is, like the second you think about it, getting it done and working quickly that way can be really a, a great thing for your future. Oh, for sure. As they say, time is money, right? So the quicker you can start saving, the quicker you as you said, put in those uh, automatic uh, bill pay or automatic deposits, automatic transactions to your 401k. Uh, yeah, the sooner the better. So time you, the, is quick. Yeah. Do you do that in your life? Yes. Oh, yes. Like the second you think about it, bam, I'm on it. Um, <laughs> now that you say it like that, um, most things, yes, but not everything. I'll be honest. There are things that uh, get put on the to-do list. And as the article reference, sometimes those things stay on the to-do list and, and don't get done. I think he put it as sometimes malaise sets in and you, and those things just stay there, but other things. Yes. Uh, as soon as I think of it, I know I need to do it or I'll forget. What do you do Especially with the- as I get old? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do with those things though, that continue to stay on the to-do list? Do you finally just say, you know what? I'm never doing that. Do you delegate it? Like, how do you get rid of those? Both. Honestly, sometimes I'll have to say, to my business partner or to my husband, Hey, I I need you to do this. I can't get to it. But usually they always get done. They don't, they don't stay on there forever or they don't uh, go away. But sometimes if they're on there long enough, maybe they don't need to get done anymore. Yeah. (laughs) You know, things change. Yeah. Yeah. Len, uh, you're a guy who works with a team of people. It seems to me, especially in a job like engineering that going fast sometimes promotes mistakes. Well, yeah, that's right. So, and that's what I was kind of hinting at. I mean, there are some things you don't want to work, you know, you don't want people working fast. You want them to be sure and steady, you know, a surgeon, right? You're going into a, for a surgery, you want to make sure your your surgeon's taking his time and doing things properly. But yeah, there are, there are things that you do want to work quickly if you can. Um, and if we're pushing this into personal finance, like one of the first things is your retirement savings, right? Get to work on that immediately. There's no delay there because delay costs money. And uh, so that's something you can do. Get get your 401k automatic deductions going. Take that employer match immediately. Don't don't sit and wait and say, oh, it'll go, you know, I can get to that next year. Yeah, it feels to me sometimes like over analysis on things. Um, there's this, there's this crossover point, right? Where spending too much time on a task, uh, even if you're trying to get a hundred percent, right? Like the difference, the quantitative difference between 98% right and hundred percent, right? Is nothing, not appreciable. So just get it 98% right and keep going. There's a term for that. It's called paralysis by analysis. And there's a, it's a law of diminishing returns. Really. There, there is a point where Close is good enough. It really is. You, you can't get try and make sure you're 100% right all the time. Oh, gee, in this community, we've seen what Len's talking about happen with investments a lot, right? I mean, you've you've been there online. I've been there. We've gotten calls to the show on the on the Lifeline, the Magnify Money Line. People going, you know, I'm deciding between these three funds and can't decide which one's right. I'm a big fan of just making a decision because like he kind of talks about here at the very beginning – just doing something spurs on the next thing. And it doesn't necessarily matter whether or not you pick the exact right thing. You know, if we're using investments as an example, the sheer fact of doing something will spur on the next, the next task, whatever it happens to be. Should I pick between these three mutual funds? Isn't the issue. 
it's I need to pick one of them so that I can start saving money into them or so that I can start investing money or so that I can check that off so that I can move on to building, you know, my kid's college fund. So I think I prioritize decision-making faster, maybe a little bit more than other people because there's so few things in life that are irrevocable once you make them. And it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to get down the field and go, this is the wrong way. I should go a different direction instead. And this is true with anything, whether it's, you know, money like we talk about, or it could be your career or a hobby that you think you might be interested in or whatever. It's always great to just explore new things, but do so at a reasonable clip because then you can decide whatever it is that you want to do next, you know, but if you just sit there with, like Len said, just trying to analyze the last microscopic component of it, you don't actually do anything. So I don't know. I'm a big fan of just doing something and moving on. But part of this though, Amy, in, in a lot of times you're dealing with other people. I mean, you are married and so you're planning with somebody else when you're planning with another person. What if it's not you? Like, how, how do you get somebody else moving that you're planning along with? Well, aside from kicking them and then you know what? <laughs> Have you been known to do uh, that? <laughs> what I found is helping them come to the answer like it's their idea, if that makes sense. Yeah, appealing to their ego a little bit. Yeah, or finding what help what makes them tick. You know, finding their why. Why why would they want to do that thing? And then helping them come to that answer or come to the thing they need to do because of their why. Yeah. So if they're going to get the thing that they want to have happen, this is a way to get that. Yes. Thank you for explaining that. Yeah. No, I I don't know how much better it was, but Len, I think that especially in engineering, that's important, right? Finding the why, but behind, why are we doing this? Because I would imagine you've got some engineers you work with that will analyze everything, even if it's irrelevant. Well, yeah. You know, in engineering, there's the old joke that if you want something to never get done, you give it to the engineer because the engineer projects are never done because engineers are always trying to figure out, okay, this we've got this done. Now, how can we make it better? How can we make it better? At some point, and this is what you do is you get higher up the ranks and you become a manager of these engineers, is you've got to be the guy to say, okay, good, we're there. We've done what we need to do. Don't over, don't do more than you need to because there's a lot of diminishing returns. We've got to get this thing out, this product out, and let's get to work. So, and let me say one more thing about getting people motivated. The first thing you've got to do with people is you've got to set an objective, define your objective, and then set the goals and then define a plan for how you're going to get there. And usually when you have that roadmap, the procrastination tends to go away because it even gives the procrastinators a path for how to get to from point A to point B. Well, that's interesting. I want to focus on one more thing here I found that's interesting, which is this uh, blogger points out, Jay Summers points out that people that are fast and are thought of as fast in their career, they seem to attract more work. They attract more stuff. Now, you can look at that if you're lazy, like it's a bad thing. But if you're somebody who works for yourself and you're trying to get clients, that's that's a good thing. Do you find, OG, that you have that feeling that you're more likely to give somebody a job if they're perceived as being fast? Mm, fast. I don't know. Thorough, maybe. It's maybe a little bit better. I don't know. Fast has has kind of. What, what if it's thorough and it takes them all, you know, takes them forever to get stuff done? Like I've worked yeah, with some thorough you're, people. You're kind of right. I was thinking about I was I was thinking about the experience that I'm having right now with a rental property property management company. 
I mean, we spent <laughs> we spent the, about a thirty minute phone call this week on the city needs to get it, the water heater inspected, and I said, okay, I understand that before we do the next steps of the remodel, and I said, oh, okay, great. So when when are they coming? And she's like, well, it usually takes them a couple of weeks. I said, okay, understood. But who calls? The inspect, do I call the, oh no, Bob and I get along pretty well. So, okay, so you're going to call Bob. You know I mean? It's like we kept on going back and forth and I'm thinking like, why is it going to take two and a half hours to get a freaking water heater inspected or two and a half weeks to get a water heater inspected? Well, it turns out that she was just saying, you know, she just was going, well, someday I'll call, you know, and it was really frustrating. So I think in that context, yeah, that and communication maybe, because when we are left her own vices, we will create stuff that doesn't exist in our minds to fill the void. Use the example of employees or I use consulting or something like that. If you've got this time where there's not communication, you need to, you just wonder like what the hell's going on. I and, just, and, and, and I know I'm guilty of that. Well, and I was going to say, if it's me, if it's me, I'm always thinking it's negative. I'm thinking oh, you're not going like, Oh, I, I'm sure they're really taking care of me. Yes. Yeah. They're taking care of you. Wink, wink, nudge, <laughs> nudge. Like, like my property management company, <laughs> you know, but communication, I think kind of helps with that because even if it's a perceived speed, because you're updating them frequently. And that's something that, you know, as a business owner, I'm trying to get better at as well. Yeah. Amy, uh, speed or thoroughness with the people you work with people around you. Ah, thoroughness, thoroughness, but giving them a deadline, you need a deadline. I work fast on a lot of things. Um, I told you I'm a slow writer. Yeah. So give me a deadline and that sucker's going to get done. That's funny. We had Don Hahn on the show. Uh, he was a Disney Imagineer and he's a producer of many Disney movies. The last one was Maleficent. And actually, I think he even was the producer of uh, with Tim Burton of the uh, Dumbo movie that just came out last year. <laughs> But Don Hahn said, he said, if you leave creative people alone without a deadline, you'll just burn through money. <laughs> they will they will create great. But if you put a deadline on it, all of a sudden they create great stuff. It's funny. Do deadlines make you more creative? Hmm. I, I'm not sure about creative. Maybe they just light a fire under me. And yeah. then I, I know I when I have to have it done and I'll get it done. And I have not missed a deadline. So Len Thoreau. Just... Yeah. Len Thoreau versus speed. Well, it depends on the job, really, you know, what's being done. Some things you want to be done uh, quickly. Some things you want a little more time and thought being done, you know, so to me, it, it all depends. Yeah, but doesn't it frustrate you when you have somebody that thinks it should be thorough and you're like, come on, just get to it? Like what Amy's talking about with the deadline. Yeah, and that's what we do is you give a deadline. The trick is what I do usually is when we're doing projects and we're setting up projects, it's my job to come up with the time. And I always try to purposely set the time is, you know, to my as quickly as possible. And then I will negotiate and, you know, we'll say, Hey, I need this done in one week. And the engineer will come back and say, no, you know, that's going to take four weeks. And I was like, no, nope, can't do. Sometime we'll meet in the middle. And usually that middle position is probably the right amount of time because there's Parkinson's law, right? Which is, you know, work expands to fit the time given. So you, you've got to, you've got to watch for that. Yeah. I love that work expands to fit the time. I've been guilty of that before. <laughs> once or twice or a hundred thousand times. Yeah. Uh, big takeaway. We'll let our guests go first. Big takeaway on this piece, Amy. Uh, like I said, time is money. You need a deadline and you'll get the work done. But if you go too fast, you can make mistakes. You can miss including necessary info, important info. 
And sometimes if you go too fast, you miss connecting to the experience of what you're doing. Um, you might not retain the information. You might not learn what you really need to learn. And you could miss out uh, forming relationships or connections to what you're doing. That, that you might have had. Yeah. Len? I'd say, you know, speed is important, but it's also very important to do things right the first time. Because if you don't do it right the first time, you have to do it again. You might end up taking... Uh, spending more time and therefore money uh, than you intended. OG? See, I kind of go the other way. I think that 80% is probably good enough. Get it done, move on to the next thing, especially if you've got a team of people and you can do something 80% and you give it to the next person 80%. This is a concept that I learned years ago. If you do 80, you give it to somebody else who does the remaining 80. Like you said a little bit earlier, if you're at 96%, that's pretty gosh darn good. And that's probably good enough to kind of keep the ball rolling on occasion. You're going to miss that extra 4%, but the benefit of getting it done probably outweighs that in the long run. I think. Well, coming down to the basement, we talked to her a while ago and I think it's time for an update. Aditi Shaker is the founder and CEO of a fintech app called Zeta. And ever since we had her on the first time, it seems like about every two or three months, we have tons of people asking, what's a great app for people to manage their money together? There are two that we really like. We like, of course, the Zeta app, and that's why Aditi is about uh, to come back down to the basement, but we also like the HoneyFi app. So, so I think it's time to get an update on what's been going on with the Zeta team since she was here last. Here she comes, coming down to the basement, Aditi Shaker. And walking back down the stairs to the basement for her second appearance on the show, maybe maybe third, it's, it's our good so friend... <laughs> Aditi Shaker's here. How are you? I am doing so well, and I'm so thrilled to be back. Well, I thought it was about time. We had somebody in our basement Facebook group who asked about uh, tracking apps for couples. And you know what? I thought it's been long enough since you've been on the show that we should talk about all the things that you guys, because I know you haven't been standing still. But before we get to that, tell everybody who's new to the show a little bit about Zeta and what you guys do. Yeah, happy to. So I'm Aditi. I'm the founder and CEO of Zeta. And Zeta's entire focus is to help young couples figure out their personal finances. Irrespective of how you manage your finances, whether you put it all together, keep it all apart, or do something in between, we've built the most sophisticated personal finance tracker for couples like you. And let's talk about how it works, because it isn't just an app. I mean, it's app, but you can also get to it from the web. That's right. We learned very early on in our user research that couples were using Zeta both on their desktop and their mobile phones. So we built both because we wanted to keep it as flexible and available to both users in a relationship. So you can access Zeta on our web application or you can access it via phone, whichever you prefer. And once again, don't want to spend a lot of time here because I want to spend more time on, on what's different than the time we spoke been maybe a year and a half ago. But give everybody kind of the basics because you talk about how you can manage your money separately. You can manage your money together. Talk to that for a second. 
Yeah, absolutely. So one of the primary insights that we discovered when we were first building Zeta is that a lot of couples in today's day and age are choosing not to merge their finances 100%. So they were spending money on their own and then spending money together. And it became really difficult for them to keep track of how much money was actually coming in and how much was going out. So everything on Zeta is really organized by how you connect your accounts and whether you tell us those accounts are personal or shared. And once you give us that information, we automatically segregate the data coming through, i.e. all of your transactions as you swipe your cards and, and spend your money. And then we organize that information for you on the app. So you can sit down at the end of the month and say, oh, it's the end of July and I realized I spent $3,000 this month. A thousand of it was stuff that I did on my own, but 2,000 of it was stuff we did together. So if you're over or under or wherever you are in your finances, you can really pinpoint what's going on and where that activity is coming from. Longtime listeners of the show know that uh, Cheryl and I have a weekly money meeting. And it's great because with Zeta, you've got just charts and graphs that are really easy to understand, like where your money's at in a hurry. Yeah, exactly. We, you know, we used to realize that there were individuals inside a relationship who were spending an obscene amount of time trying to collect that data. And we were just like, wait, 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 stop. Let us do this for you. Let us do the grunt work and and leave you to go have a little more fun in your life. So we essentially send you an update on your money every week uh, just so that you can have that what we call money date successfully without that one person, the CFO in a relationship having to do all that work. Yeah, makes it so much easier on me being that guy. <laughs> and, and and what's been so shocking to me, Joe, is that folks who are completely, people who completely combine their finances still use Zeta. And the number one reason they use it is for all of that communication and support in helping them figure out what's going on and asking each other questions about, you know, what's this expense about or why is our credit card bill late or whatever it may be? Well, one of the reasons you're one of my favorite people is because you and I have had this discussion over beer and anybody that can uh, have a discussion about budgets over beer with me is a BFF <laughs> of mine. But, but but seriously, it's less about the budget. It's much more about the communication than the budget. So true. I think most people come to us and they when when we ask them, why do you love Zeta? They say it's because it allowed me and my partner to get on the same page. That's ultimately the bottom line. So you're absolutely right. It's less about the budget, less about the numbers. And to be honest, not everyone will create a budget. But what they really want to be able to say is, oh, we can sit down and look at something together and both have transparency and insight into what's going on with our money. The worst situation is when I talk to couples, you know, I remember there was a couple sitting around my dinner table and she said, oh, yeah, we want to buy a house. And he said, with what money? That's a really shitty situation to watch because we want them to be on the same page, to have access to all that information. And that eventually unfolded with couples that we've seen on Zeta. Well, and you especially want to be on the same page at least for as long as you're hanging out with friends and not making everybody uncomfortable at the table. It was, it was an incredibly, I was like, well, <laughs> let's think about this conversation. And it, it came, you know, it ended up in a good place, but you know, 65% of divorces today still are attributable to money. And so this, this problem isn't just one that couples are navigating through in existing relationships, but there's something that they're looking back in hindsight and saying, man, I wish I'd had had help around this topic. Yeah. Nobody talks about money and it's the world's biggest issue, but let's talk about this. So we just brought the new kids up to speed. So that explains the basics, but you guys have been pretty busy the last couple of years 
Tell me about the updates. What's going on with Zeta now that wasn't going on the last time you were on the show? First and foremost, one of the biggest things that we worked on is thanks to so many people and couples who were on the platform who taught us about the quirks of their finances, we've made Zeta to be a lot more flexible. Back in the day when we first started, we really focused on couples who had some personal accounts and some shared accounts. But now we support couples, you know, we support couples who put everything together and have many allowances for each other. We support couples who keep things entirely apart. And we're also, we've done quite a bit of work to support couples who really don't like to look at their finances in that much detail, but just think want things to, as we say, automagically work. And so we've worked a lot on that auto magic over the last 12 months to start creating a system that learns. It's really smart. It starts to predict your expenses and it allows you to get a really, really good view of your finances without a lot of work. What do you mean by predicting your expenses? Where does that come into play? Yeah, so we're starting to play around with a prediction algorithm that instead of, you know, typically the way most budgeting apps work is that you get to know what you're going to spend or what you've spent in the last month. So it's sort of like a reactive view. Whereas now what we're going to start doing is actually projecting what we think you'll spend based on what we know about your transactions. So if you're somebody who always pays rent uh, at a certain time or always has at least six bills throughout the month, we're going to start putting that information front and center so you can see that, hey, you know, I may only have spent $1,000 worth of my budget so far, but actually I already know that I'm going to spend another 2000 on bills of X, Y, and Z. So that's what we're trying to move folks to is getting them to know what's going to happen to their money before it actually happens. That's really cool. One thing I really like is speaking of the future is the goal platform, right? So yeah. we could put down the different goals that you have that as a couple you're working toward. Has anything changed in that area? Yeah, so we're actually we're about to ramp up quite aggressively on goals. But what we've allowed folks to do is just start tracking their goals, seeing how they're making progress towards those goals, because what we found was every couple had goals. They just didn't have a place that they were hosting it and, and looking at it. So we wanted to integrate it into their monthly conversation. So right now, Zeta is pretty basic. You can enter that information manually, just as you would on a spreadsheet. But in the future, we're actually going to let you start saving towards those goals and tracking the growth of your savings over time, uh, which is something that couples, some of the most sophisticated couples I've seen with money, they they get a lot of, they get a lot of joy out of seeing something called their savings rate. Have you guys seen this and heard about this before, Joe? <laughs> no, not at all. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Could you hear my, my tongue firmly in my cheek there? Yeah, the fire movement is all about savings rate. Deeply passionate about savings rate. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of it too. So we want to start exposing these sorts of metrics to our users so that they can start to get a sense of not only is the sheer amount of their money growing, but is the velocity in which they're growing getting faster. Well, and it and also I'm starting it, out with all my math and science terms here. <laughs> right. Well, it also to you know use another term, it it kind of gamifies it and it makes it, you know, the the more you see little wins, the more you start to create bigger and bigger wins. Absolutely. And I think one of the other things we always hear about is as your salaries grow, you get this dynamic of a lifestyle creep, right? Like you're like, oh, I'm making more money so I can spend more money. But what these rates allow you to do is actually check that as your income is growing or as your debt is reducing, your savings is actually keeping up with that pace. And that's a really, really helpful view, albeit a very different one than the ones that you traditionally see in the market. Oh, that's so cool. Now, you guys have also 
released your own podcast since we last spoke. Yes, it is an incredibly embarrassing and transparent view of my relationship with my husband, <laughs> who is by no means a money person, but he has very, very gracefully co-hosted this podcast. It's called The Money Date. And essentially, we invite couples on there from all walks of life, couples who've been together forever, couples who've just started dating, and we ask them to talk to us about their money stories. And what I love is couples don't just come on there and tell us about their successes, but they also tell us about their failures. And And I think you learn just as much from some of those failures than you do from everyone sounding like they have an Insta, Instagrammable relationship. Right. Right. I feel like I'm uh, sitting in the next booth at a restaurant listening to a, a discussion. Maybe I shouldn't be allowed in. Exactly. And, and and the goal really there is to say, like, hey, this stuff isn't easy. There's all these sorts of nuances, these personal preferences that get played into our money decisions. And what I love about our podcast is at the end of the day, it's never really about the numbers. It's yeah. all about the emotion. It's like one partner saying, my parents, when I was five years old, never took me on vacation. So I just really care about vacations and that clarity and that sort of clear drive. That's a motivation that's that's making them make the decisions they make is so, so interesting to listen to. It's so fun. The tool is called Zeta. You'll find it at askzeta.com. You'll also find it uh, in the App Store and in Google Play. Uh, and obviously the podcast is wherever you listen to podcasts. Did I get that right? Yeah, you nailed all of them. Do you want to be my new PR person? <laughs> I don't have time to be my own PR person. What are you talking about? <laughs> Anidi, thanks for hanging out with us. Anytime. Hey there, trivia fans. It's Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And you know, here's a blast from the past. Apparently the phrase bald is beautiful. You know, it hasn't always been as wonderful as it is today. Check out what I found on National Bald is Beautiful Day. GLH means great looking hair. Just spray GLH on and it instantly covers your bald spot, leaving you with great looking hair. And ladies with thinning hair or bald spots, GLH solves the problem instantly. GLH is not a paint or a cover-up. It's an amazing powder that clings to the tiniest hairs on your head. It actually builds on itself, leaving you with great, great looking hair. And the GLH hair system is not expensive. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. This is the first time I've ever used this product. I saw it on the uh, infomercials, and I was skeptical at first, um, but uh, it, it works. Too bad you can't get that anymore, huh? Here's a question, though. A pack of GLH was quite a value. You know, it came with the hair thickener, uh, a finishing shield, and, you know, I'm told, I, uh, I, I don't know this from personal experience, but I'm told for no extra charge, and this is where they, they really got money out of my wallet, I mean, some people's wallets, you got the hair cleanser thrown in there, no extra charge. So, you know, here's today's question that uh, I, I really don't know the answer to, but I'm sure some other folks out there do. How much did this three-bottle package cost? How much money did it just suck right out of your pocket we'll get you the answer right after i comb down this beautiful mane i still got that's always been there and it's it's always been totally mine nothing but doug's natural hair that's what i, what I got glh len you could have you didn't have to shave your head you could add glh back in the day you know, uh, the problem with that, the nightmare I have is like you're with a girl and she's running her fingers through your hair and then she pulls her hand back and there's this big glob of <laughs> black. <laughs> it's like, no, that's okay. I'll shave. 
I'm not sure Ron Popeil ever thought of the downside <laughs> of, of hair in a can. Hey, I think about that stuff. Amy, you ever run your hands through somebody's hair and get a big old glob of stuff? <laughs> no. No. Absolutely not. It did not happen. All right. So the question on the table is uh, how much did this three pack cost back in the day? And we play this game. We played it all year long. We are keeping score. The score right now is Len is in the lead with nine. Paula, who Amy is playing on behalf of today, Paula Pant from Afford Anything. She's at seven. And OG, who was leading the entire first part of the year, has been is stuck at six. But the way we play is prices. Everybody catch up and get a little bit ahead. <laughs> prices. We play prices right style. Uh, and that means that it's the closest without going over. So, Amy, you get all the convoluted rules to this game. Got it. Got it. Yes. All right. OG, you get to decide first then. Would you like to guess the price of GLH, a.k.a. hair in the can, first in the middle or last? I'll go last. That is weird. Amy, you would you like to go in the middle or first? I'm going to go middle. Well, that is strange too. So, Len, that means you are up to bat, my friend. What was the price to get great looking hair? Okay, so the the three things were what again? There was a uh, finishing rinse or something like that. Oh yeah, you got the let me see. You got the hair thickener, hair thickener, a, a finishing shield, the finishing shield, and, yes, and and the hair cleanser. Ah, and the cleanser. And what year was this? This would have been early nineteen nineties. It was created in the late nineteen eighties. Mm but mm. sold largely in the early 1990s. All right. Well, let's see. I have a proprietary pricing strategy here, but I'll let it out for so everybody can hear and you can all just so, so let's see. Hair thickener, that's probably uh who knows what that is? That's that's probably like a silly string or something. Um <laughs> what's a can of silly string back then? It was probably 4.99, so we'll just say 5 bucks. The finishing shield, that must be some sort of uh, lacquer, I would think. It's got to be a lacquer. <laughs> you know, like the spray-on lacquer. You know, you can buy in the spray can. So back then, I'll say that was five bucks. And then the cleanser, that's just shampoo. That's probably $1.99. That's two bucks. So that's $12. Then we got to throw in profit. Let's say it's 100% markup. I'm going to say $24.99. $24.99. But only if you get it now. Operators are standing by. So, Amy, we got twenty four ninety nine from Len. What do you think? Mm, oh, Len made it difficult. I was going to go twenty nine ninety nine, so I guess I'm going to stick with that. Twenty nine ninety nine. I like how you guys are are both both of you are like retail geniuses with the ninety nine thing going on. Yeah, we're going, I like for, that. we're going for the hole in one here, man. We want to hit it right on the head. Could have said 25 bucks and 30 bucks, but no, not that. Ron Peel would do that to you. So, OG, where do you come down, man? Under 24 or over 29. Those are my two choices. Son of a biscuit. Or they're in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's an option. You got five bucks there in the middle. <laughs> that would be that would be not how you play prices right. <laughs> got one dollar. Uh, let's see here. Uh, so 
early nineties, you said? Yeah. One dollar, by the way, you weren't here last week. One dollar would have won the game. Remember that, Len? Wasn't that the answer? Yeah, the answer one. was one. Yeah, the answer was one. Yeah, the number of times that um, uh, singing in the rain guy, uh, what's his name? Yeah, see, I'm going to go Kelly. with uh, Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly. Yeah. One and I'm going to go with. Um, I'm going to go with the, some vanity pricing here, because all that stuff may really only cost twelve bucks to make, but you're talking about vanity as it relates to men's hair. So they're going to add a little a little kicker on top of there. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say, uh, uh, just because I need all the space in the world, I'm going to say $30. Oh, but, <laughs> and if it's $29.99, oh Well, my it is God. what it is, you know, at that point. But um, I want to I want to say that the real number was like two easy payments of $39.99 or something like that, you know. And Amy's never coming back. <laughs> Mess with the bully, you get the horn. Paula won't let me. <laughs> I think she'll be fine. I just, uh, yeah. So, Amy, as long as it's twenty nine ninety nine. All right. Uh, we'd love to tell you, by the way, what the answer is, but we're going to make you wait because we're going to be right back. Well, you know what I think about Navy Federal? I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country. And I also think about some of our active service members. want to say a special shout out to... Uh, my nephews, Colin and Nathan, who are both in the Navy. Colin is stationed outside Seattle, Washington on a submarine. And my nephew, Nathan, is in South Africa as an air traffic controller. And in Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants you also to celebrate members, many of whom go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. It's all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their family are eligible for Navy Federal membership. They offer 24-7 help from their U.S.-based member service. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equalizing lender. When you become a member of Navy Federal Credit Union, life gets better. You know what's not better, peeps? Buying a car. Buying a car can be such a struggle now, can it? To begging auto dealerships for a car when they can't find stock. To trying to get a used car and people that own used cars know what they've got and they've jacked the price up. It can be absolutely horrible. So that's why Navy Federal's created a fully loaded car buying experience on the other end, making it so much better. You can finance, buy, protect, and enjoy your auto purchase all from one convenient place. They have pre-approval. It's good for 90 days. So you know what you can afford in your budget while you shop. They offer great auto loan rates. You can shop for new and used cars with Navy Federal's car buying service powered by TrueCar. You can also get exclusive member savings with Carfax, Sirius XM, and more. They're always available with 24-7 member service representatives to answer any questions. Learn more at NavyFederal.org slash car buying. That's NavyFederal.org slash car buying credit and collateral subject to approval navy federal credit union is federally insured by ncua all right uh len you you are low man on the totem pole brother with 24.99 yeah if i knew uh, what og was going to do i'd have have said uh one dollar to take it i said 99 cents taking it all absolutely amy as long as it's 29.99 you're the woman for the job 
And then, oh, gee, $30 on North for hair in the can. Yeah, I have no idea. Nothing I'd ever use <laughs> or need to use for that matter. Because you don't have the bald spot that you have. Do you not? That do, is correct. Do, do, do not have the bald spot that you have. All right, Doug, what's the answer, man? Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And before the break, asked you about a wonderful product, so I'm told, called GLH, which, uh, you know, unknowing follicle heathens used to call hair in a can, which, can I say, what a horrible nickname for one of the three greatest inventions of all time. Helped millions of other people, not me, again, just want to be clear about that. No issues in that department here, I pretty much look like, uh, you know, the guy from Welcome Back, Cotter. But other people love this GLH product. So anyway, it was, uh, you know, it was invented back in the 80s and distributed in the early 90s. But here's today's question. On the infomercial played uh, earlier, you heard it. How much did the pack cost? That three amazing three-pack you got. So including the hair thickener, a finishing shield, and the hair cleanser, Ronco, run by serial entrepreneur Ron Popeil, priced this product to move at only $39.92. What a steal! Why it's not available today is anybody's guess. I've been looking, I mean, you know, I hear people, they look long and hard for this product and they can't find it. I don't, I don't know where it went. I'd love to help those people out. So, you know, if you know where to find this GLH stuff, you could, uh, you know, just send send some money or, or just send me where it is. And then I'll tell everybody else. I'll tell all the other people where you told me it was. So that'd be awesome. See ya. Oh. <laughs> Stole it. I did. Yeah. I don't yeah. feel that guilty about it, though, to be honest. <laughs> um, but I'm glad Why I didn't say 49. Yeah. Because so there's some vanity pricing in there, right? Was that 92 cents? Did you say something? 39.92? 92. And I remember, by the way, Len, Ron Popeil on an interview saying he would do things like 92 or 87 because it would catch you off guard because everybody's thinking 99, 98. Everybody yeah. thinks that. So Ron Popeil, who was just a genius, remember some of his other products? He had he had some crazy products. I remember the... Uh, Fish and Magician. I think that was his first one. The Pocket Fisherman. We were talking about this just a few weeks ago, weren't we? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, $39.92. You're right, OG. I think there was a little room for profit in there. But hey, you had great looking hair. So who cared? Mm-hmm. Hey, let's take out the magnifying glass, guys, and help somebody do better with their money. Today's hotline call comes to us courtesy of magnifymoney.com. When you head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money, you know what you find, Amy? No, <laughs> sorry. You, you find, I love the deer in the headlights look. You, <laughs> you don't know. You find that those financial products you use every day are nowhere near best in class. Over 92% of the products available online, they're all ranked at Magnify Money. So don't just go into your brick and mortar bank and say, what have you got? Head to Magnify Money and you'll see every, well, nearly everything that's out there. 92%. That's awesome. It's funny because whenever I tell people to go to Magnify Money and they compare interest rates on savings accounts, big difference between what uh, the brick and mortars are paying and what's on Magnify Money. Good stuff there. Uh, Today, we are going to magnify David's money. Say hi, David. 
Hey, Joe and OG, I wanted to ask a question about taxable brokerage account. My wife and I have used sinking funds for the past 10 years to save for our next car, you know, make car payments to ourselves, save for home upgrades, vacations, stuff like that. And that works great to get to our goal number. But then once we hit that goal number, most of the time we've either changed our mind or decided to wait or something. So we continue to make those payments into those funds and the, the accounts continue to grow, but we're not necessarily needing to spend that money. I was wondering what your guys' thoughts were on taking that money, putting it into a taxable brokerage account, continuing to dollar cost average into that taxable brokerage account. The brokerage firm I use has hundreds of commission-free ETFs. I could just buy ETFs similar to what I invest everything else into, then sell off what I need when I need it. Also, what about capital gains harvesting? If I do this, should I rotate my ETFs every year or two in order to keep my tax bills relatively low whenever I do need a large sum? I don't know. Just looking for some insight. I appreciate everything you guys do. Thanks for the question, David. That's an interesting question. And I've met lots of people who do this. They're great savers. So they save a bunch of money toward a goal. And then they get there and they're like, yeah, I don't want to spend that money. Which is funny because when you turn savings into a game, oh, gee, you're nodding your head. It happens all the time, doesn't it? It's funny. Yeah. People either yeah. can't save a dime, but when they start saving and they gamify it, it becomes so fun. They're like, yeah, I don't want to spend it now. Now it's sitting there. Yeah, I had this exact same issue going on with somebody who asked me about home remodeling. You know, should we pay cash? Should we refinance it into the house? You know, do the HELOC, home equity line of credit, something like that. And uh, and I said, well, if you pay cash under the guise of, well, I'll just refi my house later, that never happens, right? You will never pull money out of your house that's paid off in order to fill up your brokerage account. Right. <laughs> you know, like you just go, well, that's dumb. I'm not going to like <laughs> remortgage my house to put a hundred grand in my brokerage account. So, you know, in that case I said, Hey, it probably makes more sense to pay cash rather than add to the debt load. But, uh, it's always interesting, especially with the commercial purchases, like a new car or right. something like that. Yeah. So Amy, we'll have our guests go first. Uh, let's just take the first question. Let's not talk about the capital gains tax loss harvesting yet. Let's just talk about this idea. If he's not going to buy the thing, does he switch it away from the savings account and instead put it in an exchange traded fund? What does he do? Well, I was a little unclear if he meant all of the money or if he just meant the money over the original goal. Me too, by the way. Uh, okay. So I'm assuming they have, you know, it sounds like he has his ducks in a row, uh, he and his wife. I'm assuming they have an emergency fund, they're maxing out their tax advantage accounts, et cetera. And if he's just talking about the extra money over the goal, I think most definitely he should look at putting the money into a brokerage account. But if he's talking about all the money, I think it it really just depends. He's saying that he doesn't he isn't spending the money now, but might he in a year? Might he in six months? Might he in, you know, two years? Then I, I would say it depends. Maybe split and do a little bit of both, maybe take some of the money and put it in a tax brokerage account, but then leave some money in an opportunity fund because perhaps something else comes up that he might want to do with the money and he won't necessarily want to sell any of the uh, things in the account brokerage account. Yeah. No. The, so let's walk through this. So you're saying any extra money, go ahead and start investing that to earn a higher return over a longer period of time. 
Right. Yeah, I think what we don't know, too, is where is the money right now? Is uh, it yeah. in just a savings account at a brick-and-mortar bank? Is it an online savings? Is it a money market, CDs? Need a little bit more information to give him a, a true, accurate. Okay, so let's let's pin you down a little bit then. Let's say that, so your answer is every dollar over it, take and put um, put in, you know, longer-term exchange-traded funds. When it comes to that money, though, that's sitting there, that's for the car purchase that might not happen. What would you do with that then if you don't put it in ETFs? If it's only in a regular savings account right now, I would look at something that would pay a little bit more interest than the brick and mortar, maybe a CD, laddering some CDs, as long as he's maxing out everywhere else. Is he eligible for Roth? Is he putting money there? Is he got his 401k maxed out? All those kinds of things. I'm assuming he does, but I would just put it somewhere where it's earning a little bit more interest than where it is now. Len, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think Amy pretty much nailed it all. Uh, my only other remark was, you know, I, I hope David is keeping a long-term strategic plan. I don't know how far he goes out, but if he goes out, you know, a year or two, and that kind of sounds like that's about as far as he goes out for his planning, but maybe if he goes out a little more, uh, maybe he could take the money he was intending on saving for a car and maybe apply to something else that he was saving for his five years down the road, something like that. But other than that, yeah, I think, I think Amy nailed it. So would you invest because Amy said, well, maybe, maybe not with the money that is for the car. Would you invest the money for the car now that he's decided not to spend that right now? Yeah, well, I, you know, there's a difference between investing and saving, right? So, you know, there's investing is investing, saving is saving. It depends how much risk you want to take. So if there's things that you really need and you want to save for, I think you, you don't want to invest. You want to put in something maybe a lower with a lower return, like CD, like Amy was saying, laddering CDs or something like that. And by investing versus saving, you mean stuff that has uh, at least a guaranteed floor versus something that's volatile? Correct. Yeah. So that way, you know, you know, you're not going to lose everything. Right. And I mean, if you are going to invest, make sure you have an exit strategy. Right. Say, OK, I'll put this in an investment earning, you know, where I expect to earn five or six percent. But if I lose, say, 10 percent, then I'm going to pull it out. Just have an exit strategy if you're going to do it that way. OG, oh, uh, do you agree? Invest the money over and above. Yeah, I think so. I mean, at the end of the day, it's really going to boil down to the goal timeframes. And as long as your timeframes match up with your investment time horizon and how those investments perform over periods of time, then you're in good shape. If you need the money for something specific, like a college tuition, you can't just tell your kid, sorry, the market went down a whole bunch. Try again in two years. So that money needs to be nice, safe and secure. But if it's something that's a little indifferent in terms of the goal, someday I'd like to buy a cottage or someday I want to do this fancy trip or something then you can kind of be strategic about it as it relates to the economy and the market and that sort of thing. So you can invest a little bit more aggressively. So that's the only thing I'd add to that. Like how hard and fast the goal time frame is. That's right. Uh, I'm going to come right to you for the next question, a little bit more technical capital gains harvesting. What do you think about that? Mix things up a little bit every year so that he doesn't get hit with a big tax bill when he sells. I don't see how this is beneficial other than keeping the CPA or TurboTax employed Assuming that your income is the same year over year, then your tax rate on capital gains is going to be the same year over year. In fact, God forbid you do it in a short-term gain, then it would be even worse. But let's assume that it's always long-term and it's always at 20%. Then I think it actually works out better to wait because then you have the opportunity to defer those gains, which thereby you're 
having the opportunity to compound on the deferral component, let's say, and when you do pay the taxes or when you do capitalize that gain, then you'll pay the piper at that point. Plus, it gives you a little bit more flexibility to work on capital losses. You know, if you're day trading your ETFs or annually trading your ETFs and realizing a thousand bucks here or there, there may come a time where you have a, a really big gain and you wish you know, sold it along the way. So thanks for the question, David. You got a question for us. Uh, you, too, can hear our roundtable tackle your question, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash voicemail. And like David, you can also get not only your question answer, but a greatest money show on earth circus t-shirt, which I know is clearly a reason to ask a question of us (laughs) is to get a t-shirt. That's going to do it for today. You know what? Let's go ladies first. Amy, thanks a ton for hanging out with us today. That was a blast. Uh, it was super fun. Thanks for having me. Well, I feel bad that OG uh, Chelsea Brennan, you, but besides that, it was a great time. What What is happening at Women Who Money? Uh, our team just got back from FinCon and we're excited to put into effect everything we learned there. Uh, met some fantastic people and watch for new stuff coming soon on that. And we've recently just completed a new ebook that will be free. Oh, sweet. Um, that is uh, how to teach your kids about money, what they'll need to learn to achieve financial independence, not only from their parents, but also from work later in life when they're ready to retire early or retire on their own terms. Great timing for that, by the way, with the start of the school year. Yes. Yeah. Good time for some learning, getting your learning going on. Uh, Len, speaking of getting your learning going on, what would you be learning people over at lenpenzo.com? Hey, uh, I've got 11 retirement savings tips for 20 somethings that, uh, things that I learned, uh, actually I learned the hard way I should have done in my twenties. I didn't pick up until I was in my thirties, but, uh, just some ideas and stop on by lenpenzo.com and, uh, see what I got. Is it uh, make your own avocado toast? Is that the big one? <laughs> No, but you know what? Maybe I'll add that. Don't want to. Yeah. Len's like, did I say 11? I'm at 12. Make that 12 retirement. (laughs) There it is. And OG, what do you got going on this weekend? Oh, goodness. A whole bunch of the same thing as every uh, weekend in the fall. So got that going on. My uh, little after school activity. Then my other hobby is uh, shifting into second gear. So I spent the whole summer learning how to fly an airplane. And now I'm on to flying a faster airplane. So that's the next thing. That's fantastic. In my free time. In, in in your free time. And you got kids sports, I'm sure, this weekend. I have sports for some children. That is correct. Yes. Someone's children <laughs> will have sports. You're, you're, you're looking and at I me like... I may or may not be involved with I can I can neither confirm nor deny that there might yes. be sports. I might have an unnamed after-school activity, and I might be flying a thing with wings. But besides that, I can't tell you anymore. It's not a pterodactyl. <laughs> it's, it's not. <laughs> Although that would be infinitely cooler, by the way. All right. Take it from here, Doug. What should we have learned today? Well, Joe, first, our listeners should take some advice from our panel. Getting in a routine can make all the difference in your profession or even your side hustle. A slow work ethic, well, that can mean a slow income. But learning to move fast and proficiently can be a weapon. Second, take some advice from Aditi and check out Zeta to develop a budget for you and your special someone. Financial independence takes deliberate money management. But the big lesson? 
do not tell Joe's mom about great looking hair. She's upstairs right now comparing all of her friends' hair. It's not really polite, Ma. Not really polite. No, Gertrude's hair is just fine. Ma, Gertrude's hair is fine. She's a nice lady with very nice, silky, salt and pepper, wavy hair. It's, it's, oh my God. Special thanks to Amy Blacklock from womenwhomoney.com. We'll have a link to Amy's site on our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. Len Penzo, the captain of skepticism, appears courtesy of lenpenzo.com. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm wondering if KY Jelly is actually made in Kentucky. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. It's called the medium sketch. The medium sketch? Yeah, it wasn't rare and it certainly wasn't well done. You know, we talked about earlier on great looking hair, and it made me wonder if these if these infomercials ever got you. And I actually want to play for you the one that got me. This is I can't even believe. So our producer Caden and I were putting this show together, and I quickly typed this up, and I can't believe we even found the infomercial. So. I don't know why Cheryl and I were up at like 4.30 in the morning. We couldn't, we couldn't sleep. We're both up. We have our coffee. I still remember we're sitting there and we're watching this infomercial and we're, and we're seriously like 25 minutes in to this half hour infomercial. And I, and I turned to her, I'm like, why are we watching this? She goes, cause we're going to buy it. I'm like, I know we're going to buy it. This is, this product was so amazing. Well, here it is. This is from Arnold's Gourmet Kitchen. This is a little piece of the infomercial about the Great Walk of China. 
But remember, in a wok, you can cook any kind of food you like. The secret of the Chinese style of cooking is really just the very high temperatures we cook at and also having a pan built to withstand them. Now, it really doesn't matter whether you cook on gas or cook on electric. If you cook on electric, though, always use the smallest burner you have. If you use a large burner, you're going to heat up this part of the wok and really you don't want to do that. All you want to do is to heat that little bit at the bottom, the bit that hits the burner, and the wok will take care of the rest for you. Now, we're going to start off by stir-frying a mixture of onions and peppers. And to fry, we're going to use a little bit of oil. Now, the choice of oil we use in the wok is very, very important because of those high cooking temperatures. You need an oil... I seriously felt like we were taking notes during this thing. By the way, that wok, we still use that wok. Like, this this ended up being, I don't know, we, we might have overpaid. Like, for great-looking hair, you can overpay a little bit. We, uh, we You can't. <laughs> I go, oh, nice. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> I'm sitting right here, dude. But we still have this walk. It's an amazing walk. I still remember the lessons, by the way, that this dude taught about cooking with the walk. So my question to you is, have you also purchased something that you either loved or regretted from an infomercial? Amy, how about you? Oh, I have never purchased anything directly from an infomercial. Never. Uh, never. However... I've been a customer at those ASC non TV stores that they had in the malls. If yes. you remember those, yes. And I bought a few things there. So I remember buying a uh, chia pet. You, you know, you had to have one of those. Did right? you? Wait a minute. Hold on a second. I never bought a chia pet. Did you guys buy a chia pet? Did it work? Yeah, it did oh, okay. work. Mine never worked. Yeah, it did. Len, did you have a chia pet? Nope. Yeah, never. But you bought a chia pet, and it worked. Bought it. I bought a chia pet, and it worked. Worth the money? Uh, oh, probably not. But <laughs> is it ever? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Actually, uh, I bought some OxyClean, which I think was worth the money. That that worked. And then I bought my kids that first state quarters of the U.S. map. Did you guys do that? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, bought that, and then. I don't remember buying this, but it's in my house, a George Foreman grill. So I, I think maybe my husband Foreman, bought it. Okay. I totally forgot the George Foreman grill was bought on TV. I tried to buy my parents one for Christmas. I tried to buy mom one and I could not, I couldn't get it. Like they were sold out everywhere of the George Foreman Talk grill. Pivoting, huh? I know. <laughs> it's like, all right, so I got my face kicked in a whole bunch. Now what? Let's sell, sell grills. <laughs> Bam. That's a good one. So uh, do you like your George Foreman grill? We don't use it anymore, but we did for a long time. I, I'm not really sure why we don't use it. I think because he uses the grill outside. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody I know that own one really liked their George Foreman grill back in the day. That was like the hot thing. To ours. We used to have, we used to use it all the time. Or you could cook hot dogs on it or sausages or cheeseburgers or anything. Know, Anything, any, any various Anything that meats. you could put on a grill, you could put on a George Foreman grill. It's amazing. I, that's Except the amazing. That's why you pay extra for it is because anything that goes on a grill will also go on a George Foreman. Except the steak. Right. Because that doesn't, that would be bad. You don't want the steak on the George Foreman grill. No, I don't think so. No. Uh, Len, how about you? You know, uh, this is probably 25 years ago. I bought the Eagle Eyes sunglasses. They're really cool. Do you know what I'm talking about? The blockers? <laughs> Yeah, well, they are amazing. Even to this day, they are super amazing because you put them on, and I mean, it's like Use you can just see. Test. You can almost see into the future. They're so they're so awesome. So, 
So, yes, I did buy the Eagle Eyes sunglasses. I can't remember what I paid for them. Recently, we got the Gotham Steel copper, you know, those Gotham Steel copper pans. They're supposed to be the I had one. It was a brownie pan and it was a disaster. And I threw it in the trash. Absolute waste. So, so wait a minute. Why is that? Did they stick to the pan or what? Yeah, well, it had it wasn't it, it. They stuck. They did stick. And and they were hard to clean. It came this brownie pan came with a separator to keep your brownies in separate squares, which mm-hmm. I think was a design flaw. And it was really hard to clean. And I was just like, ah, oh, you know, this is ridiculous. It wasn't worth it. It was my my regular stoneware pan was much better. So I just I tossed it. But those sunglasses. But the sunglasses were great because you put those on, you can't see. Shit. That's yes. the. And you know what? There's one thing I I've I've watched this guy. I can't remember his name, but he does the power the power. Uh, What's it called? The power power pressure cooker or whatever. It's a it's the, it's a digital pressure cooker. I have the old fashioned one with the uh, gauge on it, but this is like a looks like a crock pot pressure cooker. Have you seen that guy? No. He's cooking everything in there. It's like eight eight quarter. You cook like a whole turkey in like ten minutes. He's getting all. <laughs> you know, cr- it's like oh, it's aw- I haven't got it yet, but I am going to get that. That thing is that thing's awesome. Since it's National Bald Day, by the way, did you ever do the Floby? Do you guys see the Floby? Yeah, I know what that is, but I don't know what that is. Yeah, no. yeah. So the it's fl- like a vacuum cleaner <laughs> that you put on your hair that it has was scissors a, in it. It was a vacuum cleaner attachment. Yeah, you you had to supply your own vacuum cleaner, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, something like that. But yeah. you just stuck this thing on the end of your vacuum hose on the vacuum cleaner, and it cut like your clippers. hair. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Like suck your hair in it, but it would do two clippers at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It looks like you used the Floby today. <laughs> I Have did. you seen the people that use those vacuum tubes and they and they they do ponytails for their kids? Have you seen them yeah. do that? Yeah. Is that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. If I had ever, ever had to do my daughter's hair, that's what I would use. You wouldn't do that with your hair, though. No, I have a ponytail. <laughs> keep mine high and tight, man. You just keep growing it out a little bit. Just yeah. Just get the. You ever think about that, OG? In the back. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Business in the front. Go yeah. mullet. You can yeah it. ponytail and uh, cover up that bald spot. The, yes, like glaring bald shade. Spot. You've been here for like forty five minutes. <laughs> you are not welcome back. You know what you could do? You could buy the chia pet and rub the seeds on the bald spot. <laughs> I love it. All right, I'm going home. See you guys. <laughs> Today we are going to magnify David's money. Say hi, David. Feel like I still need There's to like question. Shape things. Oh, okay. Hold, hold on. Sorry. <laughs> I feel beautiful. It's still playing. It's still playing infomercials in the background. The hair stuff. <laughs> I feel beautiful. I feel beautiful. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law Eric who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees 
are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy federal website, resources like best cities after service to help veterans transition to civilian life and best careers for military spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.